Welcome to another edition of Let's Be Real. I'm your host, Michael Roberts, and we have, as usual, a packed program. Lots of really crazy crap happened this week. Uh, all kind of stuff in the political realm, in the social realm, in the economic realm. All these kinds of monumental happenings really, really uh, is mind-boggling. First and foremost, I want to say to all essential and so-called frontline workers on this May day, May 1st, we thank you for your historical role in building this country and for your incredible talent that makes a difference across the world. You know, all of a sudden, since the COVID-19 pandemic, people in the United States, certainly, certainly politicians in the United States, have discovered the importance of the working class. Even though most politicians, or in fact, all of them on both sides of the eyes, left and right side of the political spectrum, have incredible difficulty uttering the words working class. You hear about the, the, the President of the United States, Joseph R. Biden, talking eloquently about how uh, the, working, the, the unions built the working class and the working class built, the, built America. That's not really very correct. That is intellectually fraudulent and incorrect. Working class Americans, those people who toiled every day, day in and day out, in a system of commodity capitalism, are who built the United States, not the middle class. And let me put it to you clearly so in language that you can understand. The middle class has one foot in the upper class, the leisurely class, the, the parasitic class, the capitalist, capitalist class, who owns and controls all the means of, the, of production. And it also has another foot in the working class. So they are despised, looked down on with contempt by the ruling class, the elite, the elite ruling class at the top of the American uh, economic class chain and class construct. And they are despised by the working class because they look down and think that they are better than the working class. So they didn't really build America. As a matter of fact, the middle class historically seeks its own narrow interests. They're not builders of anything. No. So, Mr. President, you are patently wrong. It was not the middle class, as you consistently say, that built America. That is not historically correct. It is not factual and it is not economically correct. Without the so-called essential workers, those frontline workers, 
the middle class remained home. They're the ones who can work from home. They're the owners of small businesses and so forth. The people who carry your food, who plant your crops, who pick your crops, who butcher your cows and chickens and goats and put meat and food on the table and get that to supermarkets are the working class. Without them, you do not have a country. You can preach all you want about the middle class. The middle class did not build America. I know about no middle class slave. By the way, Kamala Harris's statement that America is not a racist country or nation. I understand the politics. She has to say that. You can't have the, 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 the vice president saying that this country is a, race, is a racist country. But it is. It is. And you don't have to take my word for it. Look at what has happened recently. An international watchdog uh, concluded in a scathing report that the, the, the way that white police officers are killing unarmed black people is textbook crimes against humanity, not genocide. That's an entirely different ball game. Crimes against humanity. That is seeped. Now, let, let, let's be very clear. You can talk eloquently about right, white supremacists, but you can't talk about racism. They're the twin sisters of each. There is white, uh, 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 white supremacy. What? The Ku Klux Klan was uh, a Boy Scout organization that really wanted to break bread with black people? Emmett Till was killed in a, 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 a shameful act of white racism. An innocent child was killed and by torture. And then uh, the white men who did it in a court of law were exonerated by an all-white jury. And you know what one of them said? What did you expect me to do? He thought that he was a white man just like us. And that's not racism. Well, let's go back further then. The way that white American, America has treated Native Americans, the original people of America, the um, savages, the noble savage, the red man, the red skin, inferior to us white people. Just the designation of a race as people as white is all about racism. So pardon me, Madam Vice President, you were wrong on that score until America comes to grips and confronts its racist past, we are going to continue to have these kind of incidents that continue 
to plague the American nation. Pardon me, Mr. Vice, Ms. Vice President, and pardon me, Mr. President. The both of you all are historically, intellectually, and factually wrong. You're listening to Let's Be Real, and I'm your host, Michael Derek Roberts. And of course, you know we speak truth to power. We tell it to you in an un unvarnished, unbridled, uh, no holes bar. And if you have a problem um, with that, then as I always say, go somewhere else and listen to your podcast. But if you want to, to understand truth from the position of we, the working class people, then keep on listening. We're happy to have you, and as I said, we, 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 we're happy to do this program on Labor Day, on International Workers Day, when there's international solidarity with the working class, not the middle class, across the world. Uh, we've seen some serious um, protests across, uh, across the world on this day, but of course, you won't see that in America. This working class in America has been cowed, has been bamboozled, and has been completely and totally controlled by the leaders of this country and by international capital. Uh, in another program, we are going to explore and examine why that is so. But today I wanted to pass to other issues, germane issues, significant issues, important issues that plague we the people. Now, I'm not going to get in the weeds to start discussing uh, the spate of voter suppressors law across America. And here's the reason why. I am optimistic that the strength of working class America the strength of poor America, the strength of progressive America is going to make these laws really obsolete. But let's be very clear. Let's be real. The long-held notion that America was a bastion of democracy has been blasted asunder to smithereens that has been exposed for the lie that it is this is not a democracy the assault on the nation's capital on January 6, 2021 has no had the effect of America Losing the moral high ground to speak to other countries about democracy. They not, no longer have the right to tell people about democracy. When their own leaders and members of Congress aided, abetted, either openly or under the table, or, or, as they say, under the law, a group of white supremacists again putting the notion 
to the facts that this country is not racist. It also exposed that lie. January 6th did. January 6th did expose that lie. And so, and so today, America has lost its moral high ground, its self-righteous exceptionalism that says, look at us. We are the bastion of, of, of democracy. And look at you. You need to emulate us. You need to be like us. We can export our democracy and you'll be better off in the long run. All of that went through the window on June 6th. I'm sorry, January 6th. And as if to strengthen that undemocratic position, we've seen over 34 states, red states, attempting to choose their voters, elected officials, they're attempting to choose their voters as opposed to the other way around. By these clearly off-the-chart voter suppression laws, that is the inevitable outcome of this. So, pardon me for stating the obvious. No longer can this country relish in its long-held position that it is the bastion of democracy, Western democracy. No longer can they relish in, the, in, 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 in this statement. The things that are happening right now in places like Arizona where a fool's errand continues, a political fool's errand continues to to raise his ugly head and to placate a very flawed and deeply deeply spurious con artist of a man who continues to say that he didn't lose his election and clowns in the Congress and across, you know, the, the, the parade of idiots that continue to support this lie. You know what? Hey guys, hey Republicans, let's do a town hall with, with Santa Claus very shortly. I have his cell phone number. I'm going to call him to set that up. Okay? And as you, and as you about it, I don't know if you're in the market for a bridge. I have the Brooklyn Bridge that I would like to sell you. You're listening to Let's Be Real. A weekly podcast sponsored by Common Sense Strategies Group, Brooklyn's premier digital marketing agency and hosted by yours truly, Michael Derek Roberts. Let's pivot to our Another major story that is now shaking the world, I guess. The problem of COVID-19 in one of the world's most populous nation, nation, I refer, of course, to India, with an estimated population of 1.3 billion people. 
this country, here is the ironic fact that manufacturers, I would say over 70% of the world's genetic, generic drugs is now in the grips of a serious pandemic. And the situation is dire. The mainstream media has covered the situation, of course. The United States government is promising everything else. And geopolitically, the Biden administration has already said that it's going to vaccinate Americans first. In short, when it comes to vaccinating Americans at home and helping poor people and allies abroad, you can't, they can't, there's no way that America could walk and chew gum at the same time. No way that could happen. So we're seeing the real, and, and again, let me say what is the reason. India, Brazil, China, and Russia, the so-called BRICS countries, are on the ascendancy track. India is fast becoming a technological and commercial power. No matter what the United States that is an, says, that is an, an uneasy alliance. So anything as callous as this sounds that serves to retard that upward process is welcome to a country that the new president said is back. And with that, its hegemonistic impulses for control of the globe, it sees that as a welcome development to slow and retard that kind of economic growth that India is capable of. So we are going to play lip service to all of this. We're going to play lip service. We're going to wring our hands. We're going to send condolences. We're going to do all of that. But America is going to do, America, England, and other countries of the world, the capitalist countries of the world, are going to do very little to help India in its serious, the serious problem that it faces. That is one area. Then there is the problem of vaccine nationalism. In Europe, there's a squabble over AstraZeneca and the fail ruled out, and the fact that it is that, that this vaccine has caused some serious health uh, problems, and is now facing a serious public relations debacle. Nobody wants to take this vaccine. That is one problem, and on the other end, there's ongoing ramped up. Western American war, for want of a better word, against Russia. The Russian Sputnik V vaccine is now, is, now in, is now in about 60 countries. There has been no reported side, uh, side effects. In fact, its efficacy and its effectiveness was cited in no less than an international, international Lancer journal, one of the premier medical journals in the world. 
But the problem for the Western democracies, so-called democracies, and the United States is that Russia was the first country to come out and bring to market a COVID-19 vaccine. Seeding that vaccine in terms of they're not being first in the marketplace to an, advers an, an adversarial nation had a, it was a big problem for this country. So even with Operation Warp Speed, the Russian government brought to market a, an effective vaccine that does not have the downside in sh of, of the AstraZeneca vaccine it doesn't have to be stored in high temperatures like the Pfizer vaccine and could be transported easily with an icebox and stored in any fridge. So today we see the, 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 the South American nation of Guyana using the, the, the Russian Sputnik V vaccine. We've seen it in a number of other countries. The days are long past when only Western countries led by the United States could produce vaccines. China has produced a very effective vaccine. And when you consider that China was the epicenter of the disease, the start, the genesis, the, 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 where this, the, the disease started, and the problems that have, they have, they not only are not only opened back up the country, they've produced a vaccine. But more than that, more than that, while Western economies contracted in 2020, the Chinese economy grew by 7%. They must be doing something that they know better than that we are doing. So that is one geopolitical stress. And that was clearly spelled out in the recent speech that President Joe Biden gave to a joint session of Congress. He singled out um, China for its problem. For, as the major challenge to America's hegemony in the world today. But the problem with that is that horse has already left the stable, trying to pull it back with bombast, with, with big threatening language, with, 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 with all kind of, 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 of aggressive overtures and so forth, is not going to stop anything. That country is really because while we in the West and in the United States were continuing to saber rattle, not working in the modern world again, and got a shellacking as President former former President Barack Obama likes to call a licking with the COVID nineteen vaccine, China was effectively promoting its Belt and Road Initiative. The Belt and Road Initiative is a modern version of the Chinese Silk Road. So they understood in the long game that they were dealing, that they had to deal with economics. Since major countries of the world, Russia, China, etc., all possess nuclear weapons, and therefore the destruction of humanity is at such that modern warfare is, would be less and less, and is less and less about competing armies. But, but more and more about cyber warfare, economic warfare, and others. And that is a perfect segue into the problem 
of the Nordstrom 2 pipeline in Russia and the sea rattling over the Ukraine and the NATO drills in, peop- in the Baltic states of Estonia, etc., etc. The Nordstrom 2 pipeline from Russia that is going to supply most of Europe with oil and gas is almost completed. Its completion deadline or date is June this year. So, in 30 days or more, that pipeline, despite U.S. pressure, is going to be completed. And that is why, as of today, there was a report that Tony Blinken, the new U.S. Secretary of State, is going to meet with the German, German Chancellor Angela, Angela Merkel to tell her to try to, to, to bully her into shutting down the Nordstrom 2 pipeline. It is the reason for Czechoslovakia accusing Russian operatives of burning down an ammunition depot in, in, get this, in 2014, six years ago. With no evidence and ramping up um, hostile, hostile approaches by expelling, uh, uh, um, expelling ambassadors and so forth it is the reason for the Biden administration doing the same. It is the reason for the NATO war drill in Estonia. But the condemnation when Russia did a, uh, a recent drill with over 40,000 soldiers, etc., and, and tanks and so forth, on its own border that brought significant years from the Biden administration. But we must understand, as we keep it real, the, it, the days are long gone when a waning superpower no, uh, uh, exists and exerts its hegemony over the rest of the world. Look at the failure, for example, in Venezuela. Despite an inhumane, illegal, internationally, uh, at values international law, the country survives. Despite the Trump administration and every administration before him putting the most draconian law, um, sanctions on Iran, Iran continues to survive. The same is true of Russia. I don't know what they're going to sanction on Russia again. All of the flimsy excuses, the Navalny, uh, and, and, and the fact that, 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 that he was arrested and everything else, and of course, threatened to be, uh, was poisoned by a Russian nerve agent, and all of the other unsubstantiated nonsense that continues to happen. The world is moving on. The world is moving on. So, as we end this broadcast, this, this, this edition of Let's Be Real, I want to say that there is much strife, fear, confusion, anxiety, and uncertainty in the world today. I am heartened by the fact that in the U.S. Congress, 
Representative Elian Omar from, I think it's Minnesota, has put on table, on the table, and has the support, I think, of 51 members of the U.S. House to give poor and, and working class Americans $2,000 each month until the pandemic is over. That is certainly something that I support. North of, north of the United States, in Canada. The Canadian government have been giving its people that kind of money since the pandemic hit. And other countries of the world, like in England, for example, are doing the same. All leaders in Congress, particularly in the Senate, keep squabbling and keep believing that giving people $1,400 once is somehow a miracle pill to pull people who are back in their rent some six months, some a year. There's some people who owe $29,000 in back rent to landlords. And one check of $1,400 that they begrudge us our own money. And they have absolutely no conscience or no compunction of giving the richest Americans one point something trillion dollars in tax cuts that translate into a trickle-up position where you take the, 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 the wealth from below and you give the people on top that give us back nothing. As Biden said, and I agree with him, trickle-down eco economics doesn't work. So yes, I support the $2,000 continued monthly paycheck to the American people until we dig ourselves out of the pandemic uh, as we suffer the incredible unintended consequences. As the president, as President Biden says, yes, true no fault of the American people. So the U.S. Senate needs to get with it. I applaud in this, in this concept, uh, move on, um, um, change.org, who led this, they, they, they led this, uh, this petition program. And I'm told that on, online, there are 3 million people, 3 million Americans, have signed on to a petition asking Congress to give us $2,000 a month until this pandemic is finally over. You see, no matter how you dice it, slice or, or cut it, open up, opening up the United States and saying that business is back to normal. We've lost almost half a million small businesses small businesses. And as AI technology and robotics technology take group, a lot of the jobs that have, uh, that have been lost in the pandemic is not going to, uh, are not coming back at all. So people need help. And I want to end on this by lend, uh, lending any support that we have, um, that I have, uh, if, I, if I need to sign a petition or anything else, I support 100% given people that relief. If President Biden wants to really do something for the working people, as opposed to yelling and, and, and yapping about the, the, um, the, the, the middle class uh, uh, and so forth, his father was not a middle class American. He, uh, his father was a working class American. So he needs to not fear the social word, the, the, the socialism word um, of, uh, of the working class. The working class built not only America, they built the world. 
and they continue to do so every day. There are different kinds of working class people. Working class is not just people who do backbreaking manual labor in the fields and, and cook our and, and, and cook our foods in hot, in hotels and restaurants. There are other detachments of the working class. Just like that there are detachments of the middle class. The, the working class work in our factories. They are the creators of value in our society, not the middle class. And where I start is where I'm ended. The middle class didn't build America. It was the working class that did and continues to do so. Even in the midst of this pandemic, even in the midst of all of the stresses that working class families face every day, they continue to selfishly give, selflessly give up their time and their effort to put food on our table, to give us our vaccine jabs, to sweep our streets, to make sure that they deliver our parcels and our packages and our letters. That is the American working class, an incredible, cr incredible group that should be recognized for its work and not just couch in the language of spin and obfuscation about frontline workers and essential workers. We need to stop that. We need to recognize that frontline workers and essential workers are two important detachments of the American working class. You have been listening to Let's Be Real. I'm your host, Michael Roberts. And until next time, keep on doing what you're doing and keep on listening.